Yeah, you know, needing Phil's uh, handiwork really came into But you know what? I think he blessed me with a thought. I think he did. And he was like, hey, knock, knock. I want you out the courts. You yeah. dummy. I'm like, <laughs> oh, that's it. That's it. I think we've created some some Phil magic. Yeah, I think so. I do like this uh, this instrumental playing. It's super good. You know, good, at the, it is such a good day. I need to play that song, though, over and over the instrumental part, though. Did you ever notice this? The correlation between Goonies and the outfits of this guy in the Jurassic Park movie? No. It's an homage. Oh, that's pretty cool. I like that. Okay, this is getting more difficult. Come on, guys. Oh, that's what I should do. Clear. Well, that's enough. Dude, you need some Joe, some Joe shade. Oh, those are really cool, actually, with the little American G.I. Joe American flag mm -hmm. on the back. America. Don't finish that. Do not finish that. Don't finish America? That song, yeah. Uh, I just know America. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, we won't get into that. Okay. Uh, What's our topic uh, getting into our fills. Okay. I like it. Yeah. That's no, I'm thinking like, uh, you know, I really think that as a, as a church tackling like grief and loss, mm. I think would be huge. I mean, that's not really a jargon word, sure. but it could be interpreted, interpreted as something different or, or the, the act of, you know, one. Well, and, and maybe we tackle how that looks like, you know what, let's do that. Okay. Let's get into that. Okay. For centuries, the church has used words and phrases that seem shrouded in mystery. It's time for us to pull back the curtain and decode those words and phrases. You are listening to The Code. Well, hey, decoders, it is your favorite Cody's here trying to decode some messages for you. The voice you just heard is our brother Phil. Brother Phil. Brother Phil. I miss that guy. I miss him too. Miss that guy, but he is always with us because I'm just going to keep the code on the loop. That way I can hear his voice and then call his phone and hear his voicemail. Well, I, I will say maybe not all of our listeners know everything of what's going on that's true that's true so typically um we've been off for a couple of months mm -hmm. um we needed phil's help we did because i'm pretty sure that i broke something with our podcasting you know uh phil courtney um was a member of staff here at alliance community fellowship not once but twice and uh, he was always the one to help us out with uh, technology and things like that. For those of you who are joining us, he actually is the voice that is on the introduction and the outro. So um, you'll get you probably already met him through that uh, avenue. Sure. Um, some of you listening have uh, met him by being members of Alliance Community Fellowship um, on February 8th. He went uh, into the arms of his Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Thank the Lord that we have redemption 
and that we have uh, grace and mercy that he's given us. We don't deserve heaven, but we get it if we believe. That's right. And we repent. That's right. And Phil lived that life. He did. You know, we talked about salvation in previous episodes before. Yeah. You know, and Phil had Christ as his Lord and Savior, and we're thankful for that. It's not a goodbye, but a see you later. I see you later. Had you ever watched John Q? The movie? I have. Yeah. You remember the son? Mm-hmm. You know, he's he's in the, it's right after he gets convicted, you know, and he got convicted and most of the audience is like, oh, he shouldn't have been convicted because he did it for his son. But right. I mean, he, he didn't break the law. Yeah. But it was, uh, it was, it was crazy because he says, it's not goodbye, dad. It's see you later. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as Christ followers, and I know Pastor Luke, uh, Pastor Luke loves saying this and it's. It's not a not a goodbye to where you won't see him again. It's a see you later, right? Because for those who believe and who uh, put their salvation in Jesus Christ, you'll get to see those people again. Well, for sure, for sure. Well, and like you said, man, you know we have been off for a couple of months. Um, you know, we tried to to do a filming of the podcast uh, for. I think it was December. Yeah, it was our or it was our Christmas service, right? And the audio turned out to be real bad, and so we tried it again a different way, beginning of January, and it came out bad again. And then, and then we were like, "Oh, hey, let's do it on the road." Correct. And uh, we figured out that on the road was not going to work out in our favor, uh, all because uh, we are not as tech savvy. As no, no, not at all. And uh, we were in our fields for the most part of that road trip. Um, for those of you who didn't know, we got to travel to. Maryland, where Phil's wife's family is from, and where he was an associate pastor at Cross Life Bible Church. Shout out to Pastor Quint if he ever hears this. Uh, thank you for uh, shepherding our dear brother yeah. and allowing him to grow exponentially. For sure. Talking about John's dream, he is Pastor Q. Oh, bro. Good tie in. Good tie in. I think he uh, he acts in a different manner, but you know. That's true. <laughs> you know, he kind of looked like um, uh, maybe a, a little older, sophisticated Kurt Russell. Yes. Yes. And then his brother, with all the white beardedness, looks like Sean Connery. I could see that too. Yeah. Yeah, doppelganger. Yeah, I always loved Sean Connery. Yeah. I, I love that whole, uh, my dad was big into James Bond, mm-hmm. and his favorite was Sean Connery. Really? Yeah. Good to know. Have you watched all the... Um, yes. Yeah. I've seen oh, them. really? Never James Bond. Oh, me too, bro. Yeah, let's go. So what's your favorite James Bond? Oh, uh, man. I don't... I, I can't pinpoint one, because they, they have kind of their own feel to them. Yeah. Who is James Bond? Right. Uh, they have their, uh, they have the charm mm-hmm. that James Bond, James Bond is supposed to have. That, sure. uh, what is it? That was that French word or phrase. I don't mean either. Uh, Je ne sais quoi. Je ne sais quoi. That's Maybe. Good. Yeah. I'm doing that. Iowa Spanish. I hope nobody in France listens to this, or those who know French listens to there this. There you go. Um, but if you do, please write us. We yeah. don't have an inbox. That's you I mean, and if you did, it'd be in French. So. <laughs> <laughs> Je ne sais quoi. I think that's what it is. There's some, there's something about him. I hope I didn't curse in French. I hope not either. Yeah, I no. mean, I only know Polynesian Francais, <laughs> and I like French fries. So oui. I mean, oui. yeah. So are they just fries over there, or? Oh, that's a good question. Yeah, yeah. It's a ground comes and totally different. Probably, probably. Well, this is going swimmingly. Yeah, just like they usually do. Yeah, guys, this is what happens when we don't have a an outliner script. But you know what? It's going to be good because we're sharing from our fields, right? So we're talking about 
I mean, something that's very real that I think a lot of people deal with in life at some point, which is the loss of a loved one uh, and how to process and work through grief, right? Correct. Yep. You know, and like the definition essentially of grief is is like a deep sorrow is, is what you feel, a feeling of loss that's typically associated with, um, you know, someone passing and someone's death. And so I don't think that there is a set way that everybody grieves you know i think people grieve differently yeah that's that's true there's there's different ways in which we grieve and there's different levels at which we grieve for sure uh for you and me we're uh okay with being in our feels Mm -hmm. and letting that kind of play out on our on our sleeves for sure we're okay with that we don't have any trouble but some people they have to deal with that internally right they have to reconcile with that with themselves. They kind of have to maybe wallow in it for a little bit. Um, but there's a biblical sense to what we do. Yeah. Right. Um, we didn't go to Bill's funeral. We didn't sit with his family and his church family and in those and and wallow in what was happening. We actually still had joy. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a, actually a great um, a great story. To kind of get into, uh, and Cody, let's talk about the food we had at Rock Salt Grill, oh, dude. David Phil would be proud. He would, yeah. He was a foodie. Like, he was a foodie for sure. You know, when we went on this trip, and uh, while we were there, uh, we spoke to some people in the church and said, "Hey, you know, before we head back, you know, we're there a couple of days, a few days." He said, "You guys are known for seafood, but what?" Is a local place. It's really good. Right. Give us something good. Several people. Give us something good. Um, I know, but I had to switch it. It was okay. Uh, and they said this place called Rock Salt Grill. So we went there. Classy place. Classy. Apparently, they're known for crab and crab cakes. Thank the Lord. And so uh, we ordered. Gosh, it was so good. <laughs> we ordered a, what was this, like a, a crab cheese pretzel. Who comes up with something like that? I, I know. I would have never thought. Like, when you think crazy. a pretzel fell into the crab dip one time and they, like, got it out and they were like, what are we going to do with this? I well, just we better eat it. Possibly. And I will say it was the oh, softest pretzel I've ever had. Ever had. It was delicious. And then there was this crab cheese fondue dip uh, with meat mm. chips. Also, phenomenal. Yeah, phenomenal. Yeah, great. And then I think you and uh, Pastor Luke shared uh, like some yeah, crab cake. Oh, big crab cake. Uh, like eight one crabby patty. I think I had like a sandwich that was mm. quite delicious. And so it was, it was really good. It was good. Yeah, mm-hmm. but that's not the best part of our story. No, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna volley it back to you okay. for a conversation we had with a waiter. Yeah, yeah. That, that you can tell when somebody just has like a a spirit of receptance, or, you know, or like. They're, uh, they equally volley back the attitude that you present to them. Right. And then, you know, that, that volley continues to happen. Um, and, and it's, it's actually like, he's just like kind of a piece of the, the puzzle, right? He's, a, he's one of the brethren. Anyways, uh, this gentleman named G, shout out to G, if he ever hears this. It was, uh, definitely a pleasure to meet you, my friend. Um, uh, definitely a, a wonderful waiter mm-hmm. um, at that place. Uh, Rock Salt should uh, give him a, a bump. Yeah, yeah, a bump. Agreed. Um, he's uh, he's, he's just very um, knew the menu really well. 
he gave us some bomb, bomb suggestions. Yeah, he did. They were fantastic. They all played on. And then uh, he had great conversations, very personable. Um, and he came up, uh, you know, wondering why we were there. You know, it's just, uh, you know how things start. It's just a simple conversation about, hey, how you doing? Where are you from? What you, you know, what you doing? Yeah, Glad I mean, to there. that's a, a good mark of a, you know, of a waiter or a waitress, yes. you know, to get to know. An investment. Yes, yeah, sure. Absolutely. Yeah, so Jeannie uh, wanted to invest in us a little bit, asking us what we do while we're here from Texas. And one of the big reasons we were there was a funeral. Mm-hmm. The main reason we were there is uh, a funeral. Well, love, but, but you know, celebrating love at a funeral. And so... Um, Knowing, then we get in the conversation of what we did. Mm-hmm. Um, being pastors, all all four of us in in that booth, um, just letting him know what we did. Hey, I, I, what kind of reactions do you get when you tell people that you're the pastor? So <laughs> typically, whenever uh, a lot of times I don't I don't let people know that. Right. Not not that I'm hiding it, but I I find a lot of times people will change their demeanor around me. And maybe withdraw a little bit. Yes. Yeah. So I want people to feel comfortable, you know, with me. And I, I'd like to consider myself a people person. And so if I'm interacting with people, they may start, you know, cussing because that's part of their normal, um, you know, behavior or um, just whatever, whatever they, they may choose to do. And then uh, it may come up, well, you know, what do you do for work? You know, what do you do for work? And I, you know, I say, well, I'm actually on staff at church. I'm mm-hmm. a pastor. Right. And then, a lot of times a, a smile fades from their face and they're replaying in their head everything. Every word they said. Started the conversation, yeah. And it's almost like they have to start their forgiveness list. Exactly. Yeah. It's usually followed by an apology for choice words or actions that they did in our interaction. Seems like, seems like that, that's funny. I'm a person too, you know? Yeah, so. yeah same, same for me. I really have a, a quite a funny story about that. Several years ago, we were playing flag football here at the church and it was open to everyone so free agents from around the dfw world who wanted to uh throw some game out on the field Mm -hmm. um so i got thrown in on one of those free agent teams and one 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 dude is just going off he's you know very competitive very spirited is what i would say sure and also had uh, a mouth of a sailor he was in the navy so i mean you know mouth of a sailor yes and uh at halftime, I got to share kind of like a devotional and, and things like that. And it came up to me and was like, I am so sorry. I did not know. And I was like, that's cool, man. You know, like I'm in the Air Force. I get it. You know, I, I live in that world. You know, it's not a big deal. I mean, I I, I don't act that way, but I know I'm not raising that expecta- expectation for others that act that way. And so you're right. I think sometimes we get to these... Uh, into these interactions, and once they un- understand what we do, it's kind of like almost a withdrawal. But G was not that way. No, not at all. He was fully engaged, and then he gave us a story about how he grew up with the Christian faith in his household. Mm-hmm. Not that he so much would uh, grasp to the Christian faith, but also said that uh, religion and cultures were very interesting to him. He's landed kind of in the in the Buddhist circle. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but even more than that, he was like, you know, I find myself like learning about all the different yeah. and and kind of picking from here and taking from right. what I feel. 
Right. Yeah. 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 yeah pick and parcel. Yeah. Yeah. It was a uh, a buffet of of religions that he was picking from. But uh, then he circled back, which is kind of bold of him, but I'm glad he did. He was circled back on on the the topic of the conversation, which was death. Yeah, I mean, it, well, he, he left like to go right into something, and then he came back. I think after he kind of mulled over a little bit by sharing. Yeah, yeah. So he knew uh, one what we were there for, two who we are and what we represent, mm-hmm. and then the three came back with a very challenging question for. Uh, restaurant seating <laughs> yeah but it, what was cool was like the tables around us were still there it wasn't like they were gone no and so uh we boldly got to proclaim the gospel to g and let him know that that uh, although we were grieving we didn't grieve like the rest of mankind that have no hope we have our hope uh set in jesus our hope is built on nothing less than jesus blood and righteousness amen and uh, we just let him know that you know we all kind of like gave the same gospel story in different perspectives. And I think he really appreciated that. And, uh, gee, if you're out there, um, hopefully you hear us. We're praying for you, my brother. Um, we know that, uh, that your curiosity was sparked by something deeper than just intellectual, uh, conversation. So, sure. Um, we'd love to uh, connect with you again um, over maybe some crab dip. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's incredible. Well, you know, pretzel. You know, I think even before we got to that point of the conversation, we were talking about you know, hey, have you guys are known for seafood, and then you and even asked us at some point in the night, we know you guys are from Texas, like yeah, you are known for like, barbecue, and so we kind right. of yeah, yeah, yeah. to leave him in that way. So, gee, if you're ever out in Texas, we'll take you up. Yeah, Cody will take you to Snows. Oh, let it snow, let it snow, let it snow. You yeah, have the opportunity of going and having the snow barbecue in like England, Texas, uh, this past weekend. Mm, looked incredible. So it could take me through that. Did you guys say, okay, I'll get like this third of the menu and then this third of the menu and for sure round it out? Yeah. So everybody had some. Yeah. So they had six meats that were available. Let me see if I can remember all of them brisket, they had turkey. They had uh, two different types of sausage, then pork shoulder, chicken, and then they were ribs. Uh, ribs, yes. Thank you. And so I was going to go with the edits. And so it was uh, myself, a brother Dustin, and uh, another brother of ours, Jeremy, and us three uh, did a three amigos 24 hour road trip. You know, and so on the way there, from we left from Mansfield Friday evening. We, uh, Went through and stopped at Check Stop in West Texas. Got ourselves sick. Finally, yeah. yeah. Um, the Check Stop. Yeah, so good. Uh, and then we also, going through Waco, stopped and ate dinner at a place called Health Camp, which is everything but healthy. Uh, oh, burgers yeah. and fries and onion rings and shakes, and it was delicious. Uh, and then we landed at a little uh, tiny house that we rented overnight there. In oh, the a little Airbnb there, huh? Uh, about a quarter mile away from, from snow. And so... Uh, we got settled in, slept for maybe three hours, three or four hours. And then, uh, we, uh, woke up and got in line at 4 a.m. for this barbecue, uh, cause Snow's is only open on Saturdays and they make so much barbecue. And when they sell out of something, they sell out of it. And, uh, you may be thinking that is ridiculous to in the line at 4 a.m. Uh, I'd like to think maybe our brother Phil might have partaken it. Oh, like for that. Sure. Right. But, uh, so we got in line at 4 a.m. There were 24 people in line in front of us already. 
like, oh, we're smokes. And so uh, we just popped up some chairs and sat there till 7.30 when the restaurant opened. At that time, I bet there was probably close to 200 people in my. Uh, I'll do the 200 people at 530? 7.30. 7.30. 7.30. Okay. Yeah. When the doors opened, um, then we went in and we decided to, to kind of divide and conquer, but share everything. So, um, one of us purchased two of the meats, a pound of each. Another one of us purchased two different meats, a pound of each. Third one, same thing. Ah, yeah. So that's the way to divide and conquer for sure. And then we each got a side of the beans and then we heard the banana pudding was just pretty amazing. To die for. Yeah. So we each got some banana pudding and then, um, Went ahead and sat down, and then we divvied out the food amongst each of us. So each of us had a third of a pound of each of the meats. That's still a lot of meat. Yeah, which I holy smell. That's a yeah, equal, equal, equal two thousand. Yes, yeah, it's about that. And uh, and it was phenomenal. I've never had barbecue for breakfast at eight fifteen in the morning. It may be one of my favorite things. Ooh, yeah. So, yeah. So we enjoyed it. It was amazing. There's these just right, literally 10 feet away from these smokers that are just uh, not like chain smokers, but the pits that were smoking the meat and stuff. Uh, and one of the claim to fames of this place is there is an 88 year old woman named Tootsie who is the pit master out there. Oh, hours of the morning. Tootsie's been doing it for 50 years. He's known it for quite yeah. some time, and she's pretty amazing at it. And so we were able to get a picture with her and carry the owner before we left. We got a little bit of merch. Where'd you carry the set? Oh, we didn't carry the meat. We carried the set. Ah, gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and then so we left there, went back and regrouped, and then we decided to make our way to Round Rock, Texas. Ooh, orange donuts, huh? Orange donuts? Round Rock yeah. donuts. You know why that they're orange? For the Texas Longhorns? No, it's okay, because it they are actually made with eggs in them. And oh, because of their bread-like dough that's made with eggs, they, for whatever reason, they can't be machine-made. So every dough that is handmade there. Wow. Yeah. And so... It's a lot of hands. It is. Yeah. And so we yeah. use hand sanitizer. We, we tried donuts there. And one of the things that they're known for, they have a gigantic donuts, bigger than a laptop. Right. That's a dozen donuts worth. Of whoa, equivalent. And so, did you get one a piece? Or? Uh, so we each got like one or two donuts, and then um, and shared them again. And Jeremy each got a big donut to take home to their fan. Oh, that's cool. Um, my fan, my wife's lactose, or not? Oh, like, yeah. She is lactose, but she lactose would call it. But she is gluten free. It's all a good turn. Yeah, I didn't know Puxy would like it or not. Puxy got a one donut, but then I proceeded to attempt to eat. Oh, how did that go? I got about halfway through. Oh, that's, that's a that's a so, that's rich. It wasn't a lot. Well, and it's so thick because it has tomato eggs, right? Like protein based, right? You know, so you get full. Anyway, you protein, yeah. And so my, our buddy Jeremy, apparently, he lived in Round Rock for some time, and so he took us sightseeing where he the house he lived in and stuff like that. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, man. And then we uh we accidentally ran over like a nail, like and oh like, no, to discount tire nearby. That was a nice little detour, and then we just. Started trekking all the way home, stopped at Bucky's as usual, you know, as I got you do. And then we, I think we ended back up right about 24 hours to my house. Oh, wow. Bucky's in, in Tempe? Uh, yes. Okay. Yeah. So. yeah, they've got that one being built in uh, Hillsborough. Uh, yep. So, yep. So, yeah, I mean, hopefully the, that relieves some of that, uh, yes. that Bucky's chaos. For sure. That happens there. All these smokes. 
Hey man, speaking of chaos, I know we kind of deviate away from the, the food. Mm. Talking about being in our fields, you know, he would have, he would appreciated that conversation. So we're leaving it in. <laughs> uh, you know, we're talking about grief and how people grieve, mm. specifically, you know, how those of us that call ourselves followers of Christ, how we grieve. Mm. You know, I mean, the the world tells us, and you know, we look online and stuff. They say there are different stages of grief, and to a certain extent, I think that a lot of those are accurate, right? They, you have denial, mm. denying that whatever has happened. Right. That's really, I can't believe that our brother Phil is gone. I, I oh, yeah. experienced that. Oh, yeah. I still can't believe it when Jess texts me from his number, and I'm like, oh, I, I just think it's a big prank that he's going to be like, uh-huh, gotcha. Right. right, for sure. Suckers. Uh, but you have denial was one of the stages of grief. You have anger. Mm. I mean, I think at some point, people are angry for the loss of whatever they're experiencing, right. whether they're yeah. short-lived or longer. Um, bargaining, I you know, just maybe like if you could take a little set of this person, you know, that kind of thing. You have depression, um, you know, and it's a lot of people in our world, you know, they they struggle with depression, whether realizing it or not, you know, just becoming depressed and sad. And, uh, and then you have acceptance where you accept, finally accept, you know, true what it is that you have lost. Yeah. Right? And I, I think as a believer, you can, you can navigate through those, but still have hope, right? Oh, yeah, you know, absolutely. Because having hope or having joy, you know, essentially that exceeds the circumstances you're in doesn't mean that you don't feel the feelings that your heart can feel. It just, in your mind and hopefully your heart, you would know that, hey, there is a light at the end of the tunnel, right? I mean, right. Even, even Christ wept the Lazarus died. Right, yeah. And I mean, you he felt the loss of his dear friend. Right. Yeah. And, so, and uh, you know, a lot of us think that, uh, and, and the thing is, the, the mindset that we have is death, your uh, beginning, or is it your end? Right. Right. And so as Christ followers, we all think it's our beginning. It's our new beginning in, in, in Christ Jesus, where we get to uh, live with him for eternity due to the promises that he gave us through his son's sacrifice on the cross for us. And the resurrection of him three days later. And so that's something that you always have to wrestle with. And I'm glad you brought those steps up because we had this conversation with our, our brother Sean um, about, you know, stages of grief and how that looked like. And he said, uh, the day we found out of um, Phil's passing and went and honored him with Chick-fil-A, very <laughs> uh, pinch chicken McNugget, that was Phil. Um, when we went and talked, you know, we were just kind of quite honest and vulnerable in, um, how you navigate those stages. And for Sean, he said, you know, those stages are, uh, extremely fluid yeah. and that you can enter and exit them at, at different times. Sure. And I, I kind of, I didn't expect that answer but it seems very logical to me that, and, you know, being, um, what, like almost three weeks removed from it, uh, feeling all, we keep ending on Phil, uh, feeling all those, uh, those emotions and entering in those stages and just the weird parts of things, right? Like, like if I have something that I want to talk to him about, I get angry because I can't. Sure. Right. Because, like, some of the things are only he would get, you know, only he would get it in the context of our conversations, right? And so, 
you get angry and then you get sad, mm. you know, and then you get like a little emotional <laughs> and then you're like, nah, nah, he's just playing. This is but, um, I think one big thing that you hit on was that, that we have hope at the end of the tunnel. We have, and, and that tunnel isn't the end of the tunnel, right? It's, it's the magnificent opening from that tunnel of life into eternal life with our father in heaven, which, uh, Phil so desperately wanted, you know, I got the opportunity to honor him and eulogize him at his funeral. And I just put the same words from his own mouth out to the public, which was, I long for that day. He was given a communion prayer and he just said, I long for that day. And his longing didn't take long. Jesus gave that longing a perfect view by bringing him, bringing him home. So um, while we do struggle on this side of heaven, it's oftentimes um, still rewarding. Called it, I think, painful joy yesterday. That's a great way to describe it. Yeah, yeah, because it it hurts, but you can still have peace and joy in, in the midst of all that. So, I mean, I don't know if the audience got anything from what we were. You know, they may have gotten barbecue uh, recommendations out of this whole thing, um, but. Uh, we definitely want to express our heart. Um, we want to be vulnerable with our audience because we know that um, we all go through the same thing. We're not going to sit up here and be pious and and um, not be one with what the world is kind of, you know, experiencing with us. Sure. So, well, and, and I think I think hearing from us as pastors and from us as um, you know, members of your church staff, you know, for us as, uh, as Christians, um, that it's okay to not be okay. Right. Like, yeah. You know, yeah. and that you don't have to God, put on a brave face. I, and that God is with you through that time, you know, he allows us to go through hardship and pain so that he can do the course. Yeah. So when we walk with a limp, like brother Sean has told us, He'll forever walk with that limp, but that limp uh, equals our dependence. Right. You know, for sure. Like that. That's the business. <laughs> well, I think that'll uh, kind of wrap up this episode. We definitely wanted to uh, put something out there that uh, that honors our buddy, our producer, our um, friend, but also our brother in Christ. Who we will desperately miss on this side of heaven. For sure. His imprints are everywhere. Like when, when we need help with technology. Yeah. But um, we were blessed by, by what he did to For sure. friends that he is. Yeah. I mean, our encouragement would be that if, if any of y'all are going through grief, or going through loss, or going through pain, know that God loves you. Mm. And maybe he is there for you. You know, just as Psalm 34 says, the Lord is close to the brokenhearted and he saves those who are Christian spirit. Yeah. I mean, thank God for that. Amen. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's this great uh, passage of scripture that I've, I've kind of went to when uh, talking about death or, or losing someone so dear. Um, Paul writes in his second letter to the Corinthians that members of the body who hurt, uh, you know, if one part hurts, the whole entire body hurts. Mm. But not we're we're just not part of the hurt, but we're also part of the healing. Mm. So I encourage people to um, 
to not disconnect, but connect even further for sure. Um, with your small group, with your church, with those around you, do not isolate. We know grief has a tendency to uh, get a grasp over some of us, mm-hmm. um, and that's uh, that's where the the enemy can really uh, make a foothold. Sure, uh, blame, resentment, bitterness, things like that start to infiltrate. So we just want to encourage everyone who's listening to um, to not isolate, to to pour back in, so people can pour into you and. And like Moses needed his arms lifted up, have those around you come and lift up your arms you know, during times of struggle and times of pain. For sure. You know, uh, me working with kids a lot of everything is always visual to me because that's how I try to preach the kids. And so you you sharing that about how, you know, if one part of the body suffers, the whole body suffers. Like, I, it's amazing to me that whenever our body sustains any small injuries, that over time our body feels or it's so, mm, right yeah you know and so like i think you know this has happened before like you know slice my finger right out of the knife and it starts bleeding like i don't chop that finger off because it's hurt right and then like put it to the yeah. side like it's my finger stays connected to my body and the rest of my body your body's like all right we got to go into overdrive yeah, right now and we heal it and that's that's a beautiful imagery of the church, the church body. Yeah. When, when the church knows that someone is hurt, that they are connected to the church in some way, then it is our, our job to go to them and out. Right. Right. And, and, and also they must not uh, alleviate themselves from the church. For sure. Right. For sure. Um, because if, if somebody doesn't know the pain, you know, that you're going through because you've withdrawn and, and I see that quite a lot. Oh yeah. And then church hurt comes because oh, they were supposed to be there for me and they weren't but yeah no man them called me or no one yeah out. yeah but we don't know what we don't know right absolutely absolutely and and luckily we put some things in place here that if we haven't seen folks uh or or you know they're they're not serving like they used to they're not um plugged into their groups like they used to they're not active like they used to be, we, we reach out and we say, Hey, we just hadn't seen you in a little bit, wondering how it's going, you know, trying to uh, reconnect and establish and those things are, you know, like that hurts there. We try to just rattle and get everybody to them and, and lift them up in spirit. For sure. <laughs> that have been, uh, it's not funny. It, yeah. Why are you laughing? It reminded me <laughs> of a comical thing that actually happened at church this past Sunday. Like I was going to teach large group and elementary kids and classes are about to come in and, uh, Miss Angie, who I worked with, texted me. She said, Hey, Miss Pat's not here. That's not like her to not show up because she was in a good place. And I was like, That isn't like her. You know, like I went into concern mode. And so <laughs> I stepped into the lobby and I, I called her real quick. It's ring, ring, ring. You know, she didn't answer. I'm like, Hey, Miss Pat, you know, this is Pastor Cody. I was just calling to check on you. You know, so you weren't here, but you were confirmed to serve. And so I just want to make sure you're okay. You know, just, you know, just. Give me a shout, shoot me a text, and you're doing all right. You know, I miss you. But I hung up, and then I turned around to walk back into the building, and most of the kids in the classes had come in. And I go and I hop up on the stage, and I turn and I start interacting with the audience. And Miss Pat's sitting in the same row. I said, Miss Pat, you're here. And she's like, Yeah, I'm, I'm here. And I said, Miss Angie just texted me and said that you weren't here. And we got concerns. So I just called and left your voicemail, but I'm so glad that you're here and you're doing okay. And she's like, well, thanks for the call. That was so funny. 
Yeah, I mean, it's a check-in. Was it a check-in? Yeah. Oh, well, that's beautiful. Well, um, we're, we're sorry we took such a hiatus yeah. in uh, getting another episode out to you guys. We'll publish this one as quickly as possible and get it out to you. Um, we love doing this. I think it comes easy to us, and especially when we have material that we absolutely love. Um, it's hard to shut up about it. So... Uh, we just thank you so much for being our audience. We thank you for being our brothers and sisters. Uh, we thank you for your prayers and your support. And uh, I'm going to let Cody finish you out like uh, he usually does. Right. Well, like you said, we're thankful for y'all's support. You guys bless us just as much as we bless you by just sharing our heart and our places on us to just to share. So uh, as we always say, our prayer over each of y'all has been, Lord bless you and keep you and may his face shine upon you. Be blessed. We'll see you later. And on the next uh, episode of The Code, we will see you there. Bye. Have a good one. I hope that recorded well. Forgot that. See, that's how you need to talk. Look, you're that loud. Sorry, if you did not turn your volume down, that's an apology (laughs) on behalf of Cody. He's got such a deep voice, I don't think it records the uh, frequency as much as, you know, because you... Well, and you're like six feet away from your microphone. I can see the, how it's recording. Uh, So I'm like, I'm back here because I can see... When I think your microphone is maybe a little bit more expensive than my microphone. Well, maybe. So nice. I I think Phil got this for me. Are you reckoning? It's okay, I'll be sure to talk. A little bit louder next time, that way everyone can hear me. All right. Well, it'll be just one Cody next time. We're going to replace the other one. I'm sorry, but uh, that's how it's going to go. All right. Let's get out of here. All right. All right. The Code is a ministry of Alliance Community Fellowship. If you are interested in this or other ministries, please visit us on the web at visitacf.com.